Having a wonderful Thanksgiving. Welcome to uh, the Black Financial Channel. Today on the Black Financial Channel, we're going to talk about AI and we're going to talk about what's going on with open AI, why this is a big deal, why you should pay attention and ask that really fundamental existential question. Is AI going to destroy all of humanity? Are we all going to just be dead because the robots are taking over? So get comfortable, buckle up a seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. This is theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day. Sometimes we do it 10 times a day under the B1 condition. B1 means we are black first. Black first means we put our community at the top of our priority list. Black first means we educate our kids. Give me a yes in the chat if you educate your kids. Give me a yes in the chat if you believe in our community. Give me a yes in the chat if you are okay with being black first. We don't hate white people, but we just love ourselves. So if you love yourself, uh, say something in the chat. And what's what's going on, Just Blaze and Ty, Ty Thomas, I see you out of Columbus. I don't know if you know, uh, think our Buckeyes are going to win a championship or not, but uh, I, I got my doctorate at the Ohio State University, and so I'm super proud of what that team is doing. So anyway, let's get started here. <clears throat> uh, feel free to uh, let me know what city you're from. Let me know what city you're from. How many of you have been following OpenAI? OpenAI is is in the middle of a crazy controversy regarding uh, the future of AI. And uh, there's a guy named Sam Altman who became basically the face of AI. He kind of became the new Steve Jobs. And uh, he was abruptly removed as CEO, which was really crazy. Nobody understood exactly what was going on. Well, he's been reinstated as CEO, and this was after Microsoft hired him. Uh, then the board uh, got a, basically had to deal with a revolt from the employees. The employees, I want to say 80, 90 percent of them all said, we're going to quit if you don't remove the board and fire the board immediately. And so uh, I've been following this really closely because this is an interesting topic. Uh, this covers an area of finance called governance, corporate governance. And uh, in AI, open AI has an odd governance structure where they have a, a nonprofit uh, angle or nonprofit board that controls a for-profit corporation. And uh, and this is a big social experiment. Uh, it makes sense in theory. And what it's basically designed to do theoretically is to control the um, <clears throat> the capitalist in, intentions and the capitalist ambitions of the of, of, of the organization and make sure things like safety are paramount. The problem though that they have is similar to the problem. You can almost describe it as being parallel to the problem that we could end up having with AI, which is that capitalism is a beast within itself. Capitalism itself is a type of artificial intelligence. And what does that mean? Well, capitalism, the beast that it is, it worships money and it moves based on money. Money becomes the motive. And so here's the deal. Here's the problem with open AI. Open AI uh, was supposed to have this sort of altruistic nonprofit sort of uh, angle to it. Uh, they were connected to a group uh, called, um, I, they, I forgot what they called it, Effective Altruism, I think, uh, the EA community, I think, so, the, the Effective Altruism community, who pretty much uh, has a good intention of doing as much altruism as possible, but they want to get as much money as possible to do as much good as possible. Well, the problem, though, is that they were accepting money from capitalists. They were taking money from uh, companies like Microsoft. Microsoft don't give a damn about effective altruism. Microsoft cares about its shareholders. The number one job of a, of a corporate's manager, a corporation's managers, is to maximize shareholder wealth. That is it. That is the first thing we would teach students when I was on the faculty at Syracuse University. Is that the job of the corporate managers is to maximize shareholder wealth. So uh, there's nothing in that mandate that says that. Oh yeah, by the way, we want to make the world better for all humanity, or we want to make sure human beings are are safe and better. No, no, no. You gotta you gotta get those profits first. So uh, with OpenAI. The, the, the reason that this whole model, in my view, 
might have been doomed for failure from the beginning is that a nonprofit entity probably is not going to do a very good job of controlling billions of dollars in capitalist motivation. Now, if they'd taken billions of dollars from somebody who was willing to lose money, uh, maybe somebody who was also part of that effective altruism community, I mean, a meaningful part of it, that could work. But when you're taking money from Microsoft and other companies that don't give a damn about you, it's no different from a black person saying, I want to be pro-black, but I'm going to take money from racist white people. If you take money from racist white people and they're funding everything, they're paying the bills, then you're going to pretty much be doing their bidding. Uh, it happens in politics all the time. People get elected and black people get all excited. Yeah, we're going to vote for this guy, blah, blah, blah. But then they end up serving somebody who gave the money. The person who wrote the check makes the rules. Give me a yes if you follow what I'm saying. Uh, that's really important. Also, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, the channel's a little bit shadow banned, I guess, because sometimes I talk about controversial topics. So uh, you, when you hit that thumbs up button and when you're commenting, it actually helps the algorithm. Uh, I don't know how we can have 138,000 subscribers and then sometimes only have you know less than 100 people in the chat it's very weird but uh but maybe if you guys comment it'll change that either way it doesn't matter we've got half a million people we can we're going to email the video out to so they're going to see the video as well so some of you will be watching the recording we'll make sure you get it all right so um uh so so here's what is being stated here in terms of open ai the wall street journal says sam altman is back at the helm of open ai days after the board abruptly ousted him Almost everything else is still in flux. The deal struck uh, Thursday, Tuesday night to restore Altman as CEO is a long way from the ultimate goal he wanted to achieve, heading into a weekend of intense negotiations. He had lobbied for an entirely new slate of directors, built on the ashes of the directors who fired him, and wanted to rejoin the board again himself, according to people familiar with the matter. Instead, Altman won't be the recon on the reconfigured board, and one of the directors who fired him is on there. On Tuesday evening, the company announced a new initial board consisting of Brett Taylor, the former CEO of Salesforce, Larry Summers, uh, the former Treasury Secretary who used to be the president at Harvard University. He, he got into a big back and forth with Cornell West, by the way, just a little side note. Uh, Lawrence Summers, I, I'd known his name for a long time because we used to read some of his research papers when I was in grad school. Uh, he's He comes from a family of really good economists. Uh, but then again, there's a lot of white privilege in there. So Lawrence Summers is kind of, you know, he's kind of from that that pedigree, right? Uh, so anyway, hey, hey, Jimmy. Yes, I am live, Jimmy. Uh, the previous board and Altman also agreed to an independent investigation into his conduct, the process the board used to oust him last week in its aftermath. The Wall Street Journal reported when the board announced Altman's departure, they cited a lack of candor in its communications. OpenAI's unusual corporate setup where a nonprofit board governs a business arm that raised money outside from, from outside investors will remain for now. Under the company's current charter, the board's sole responsibility is to ensure that the company develops AI systems beneficial to humanity, even if it means wiping out investors' profits. Yeah, right. How many of you, give me a yes or no, how many of you think that multi-billionaires are going to let you wipe out their money like that? How many of you, um, yes or no, understand that that there are many, many ways, many levers you can pull when you've got that kind of money, that kind of capital? I mean, think about this. The board comes in and they they have um they have this type of authority that is is stated authority, like it's on paper, like on paper theoretically they're supposed to have the power, but they don't really have the power. They don't really have the power. The the the, the power is with the people that have the money. It's it's with the people that have the money. Um, also. Uh, notice that when the board tried to do that, when the board tried to step in and deplete shareholder wealth by getting rid of Sam Altman, who is the most visible face on the planet when it comes to AI, well, guess what happened? The employees revolted. So capital is, ca is capital against capital. The employees possess an important form of capital called human capital. So when your labor force 
says, look, if you don't do what we say, we're going to all quit. Well, then it doesn't matter if on a piece of paper it says that you have the right to kill kill the whole company, hit the kill switch, because they're not going to let you. They're not going to let you do that. They're, or they're just going to take all their resources and apply them somewhere else. So this company, this structure is is stupid to begin with, to be honest with you. I, I, I'm hesitant to use the word stupid because as a professor, you know, I, I of finance, I probably shouldn't do that because that makes people feel bad. But it's, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I agree with the CEO of Microsoft who has stated that they need to change their governance structure. Uh, and uh, and I think this is going to this is a really telling foreshadow of some of the battles that you're going to see in the AI space, because there's there's there are these different camps. There's the, the whole effect of altruism camp, which kind of feels like AI. It seems to me, honestly, that they have, have been branded as a group that just kind of doesn't like AI and wants to slow everything down because they're afraid of all the harm it can do. Then you got people that want AI to advance as fast as possible because they believe AI can solve important problems. And these are ten, these honestly are problems that tend to be important to white people like climate change. It doesn't mean black people don't care about climate change also. I know y'all do. Some of you do. But but we also look at the climate in our communities. We look at the climate in our hoods. We look at the climate of our uh, family structure, right? Those climates, that's the climate change I'm into. I'm, to, I'm, I'm into the climate change of why black kids are coming out of school and can't hardly read. I'm So so that, that climate is bad, the public schools. I'm into the climate change of what's going on in our families where 76% of our kids don't even have a daddy in the house. Uh, that's the climate change I want to feel. I'm looking at the climate change that makes me wonder why is it that black boys are growing up worried about being shot on their way to school? That's the climate change I, that matters to me the most. Uh, but white people, they live in a safe world so they can think about the environment and what's happening in the polar ice caps and how to get to Mars and things like that. So, uh, But it, these things are important. But these are more, in my view, higher level issues than you know the, the direct issues that affect our families. Now, here's one one fundamental question that I think everyone you know should ask and sort of think about is: Will AI benefit us or will AI harm us? Well, there are some uh, areas where AI will probably harm us. Number one, it's going to really reshape the whole landscape of you know in terms of jobs. A lot of your jobs are going to get wiped out by AI. They just are. But it doesn't. But that's okay. It's happened before. It's happened before. There have been new technologies that came along and wiped out entire industries. Just the advent of computers, period. There was a whole there used to be a job called computer. Remember that uh, movie Hidden Figures where they had the computers that would sit in the room and do math problems all day? Well, they don't need human computers if they got machine computers. So that whole industry was wiped out. Right. And they, and they just found something else to do or they were forced to become more productive. So AI won't kill off everything. It, it's just going to change things. So what you might have to do is evolve with it. Right. That means keep up with it. Uh, also, in fact, I've mentioned to you guys the importance of investing in it. Right. Because if you invest in it, then when NVIDIA is making money, you make money. When Microsoft makes money, you make money. When, uh, you know, Google, Facebook, YouTube are making money. Well, Google and YouTube are the same. You make money. So uh, if you want to get a list of AI stocks that I like that I'm invested in, just text the word stock to 31996. Pull out your phone right now. Text the word S-T-O-C-K stock to 31996 and I'll send it to you. Or you can go to my website, voicewalkins.com. There's resources there as well. So there are ways that you can benefit from AI financially and otherwise, but you're going to have to be nimble. Now, um, is is a what are some other dangers? Well, there, there's, there's the bigger danger. Uh, a lot of one of the things that really struck my mind when I saw that there was this chaos at OpenAI, which I thought was a very serious issue, given the impact that they have on the world, um, is I, I said, what's really going on? And I was looking and I re I found out that there's a development in AI that apparently alarmed a lot of people. Like they, apparently there's a discovery of this thing. I think it was called Q. 
called Q. And I don't understand. Nobody knows exactly what Q is. They kind of guess. They're speculators. Um, and Q is apparently some advanced level of AI that takes it to the next level. And uh, and in fact, uh, from what I understand, again, I am not an expert on AI. I just follow it very closely. Uh, the goal, the holy grail seems to be something called artificial general intelligence. Basically, that's like AI that's smarter than you, right? Now, the thing about AI that's smarter than you is that it doesn't have the limitations that come with being human. Human beings, you know, we have a million limitations, right? We get scared, we get tired, we uh, we, we we become conflicted, you know, morally. We uh, we we want labor rights. We have to take bathroom breaks. We get distracted. Like when I was working on my PhD, it took me years and years and years to learn finance at a high level. And sometimes I got distracted in the things that I, and I didn't maximize my productivity level. AI doesn't have that problem. So in AI voice, right, the AI version of voice is a super soldier. He literally does everything voice can do times 10 times a thousand. He can replicate himself 10 million times over. So imagine the world if there were like 10 million versions of AI voice. Right. But 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 it's not just that. Right. That's a weird example. But generally speaking, I think with a artificial general intelligence, that bigger challenge is that the AI understands not just how to manipulate human beings, but how to put us to the side, almost treat us the way we treat animals and replicate itself. Right. So so what I imagine in my head is I imagine, um, you know, robots the size of buildings. Right. So so you can't fight them. You can't beat them up. Robots the size of buildings that are 100 times smarter than us. And there's like millions of them, like kind of controlling and patrolling the entire planet. Like we, what, how would we fight against that? And uh, and there are movies that that depict this kind of thing. Uh, there's a movie called Her. I think it was called Her, or or no, or maybe it's Mom, or Mother, or something. I think it's called Mother. I'm sorry. There was a, one movie was called Her. Her was about a guy who falls in love with the AI. But um, but then Mother. I believe it was called Mother. It's about a, a, a little girl who was raised by an AI robot, and she didn't know that her mom wasn't human. She just knew that her that she fed her and whatever since she was a little baby. And um, and you know all this reality is a possibility, right? It could happen, right? So so these people have a lot of power. And here's the interesting thing about OpenAI. Let me uh, share this with you all. I'm gonna see if I can find a picture of this. This is something that really disturbed me. Um, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, uh, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you haven't done it yet. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I have a new book uh, called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. You can get a copy at drboycebooks.com. Uh, so feel free to go and uh, take a look at that if that will help you. Um, it's basically just the, the, the blueprint um, on black wealth. Uh, in the Black Business School, we are black wealth surgeons. We are the, the AI for, for black wealth in terms of us pulling together the best scholars and thinkers on the planet to solve this very important problem. Uh, white folks are working on climate change. I'm working on the other form of climate change where we change the climate of our community. So uh, feel free to uh, take a look and go to boycewalkins.com or the black All right. So uh, here is, let me show you all this picture. Um, bear with me while I pull this up. I want you to look at this picture and I want you to tell me if you notice anything about this picture. Okay. Are y'all ready? Let me know if you can see it. Give me a yes. If you see this picture, I'm gonna pull it up on the screen. All right. Give me, give me like three more seconds here. Really quick, really quick. All right. Okay. So what do y'all notice about this picture? Can y'all see the picture? Give me a yes. If you see this picture, tell me what you notice about this picture right here. All right. Now that you have 
um, had a chance to think about it. I want you to look in this picture, and I, I want to play a little game. And the game is called "Find Find the Black Person." Do you see a single black person, a single black man in this picture? This is OpenAI staff. This is the staff at OpenAI. These are all the people that are, you know, creating the future of America. Do you see a single black person in here, what, uh, male or female? No. There's no black people here, right? And this is something that you will notice if you also look at staff pictures at Google, YouTube, Facebook, all these tech companies that are controlling the future of this country and the future of this earth, they're, they, they pretty much act like you don't exist, right? They'll go, if they're looking for an engineer and they want to have diversity, they'll go and um, and they'll literally import somebody from India before they go hire a, a super smart black kid in the hood, Right. And so so all these so-called liberal allies, these people that you think are your friends that are really looking out for you, they what they're, they're, the disease they're infected with it is, is a disease I call racial paternalism. And that's where they just kind of feel like they're the parents and you're the kid. You know, it's their job to drive the ship because they're the smartest, most responsible. You're spending your time, you know, watching Cardi B videos and twerking. Right. And or or watching, you know, a Joe Budden podcast to find out more celebrity gossip or whatever. No disrespect to Joe Budden. I like Joe Budden. Actually, I should. I don't even want it to sound like a diss because he actually follows me on Twitter and I follow him. But still, that's what you do. That's what that that's what they think about you. You know, the only time you see a black person in their office, I bet you, is when they have a corporate party, like a Christmas party, and they want some entertainment. They say, oh, well, let's let's get a rapper in here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's bring Cardi B. Let's bring in. You know, let's bring in the Migos, right? That's what they do. That's that's how they view you. Um, I thought about that when I went to a Denver Nuggets game, and I noticed, I, I saw first two things, right? This is in Colorado. Uh, Deion Sanders is at the University of Colorado. <clears throat> and I saw a, a, a picture with a long wall where they had all the a bunch of the faculty at the University of Colorado. I went down the list, and I played that game of find the black person. I don't think I saw a single black person on that entire wall. Not one single black professor on that wall. But then when I went to the game, here's what I saw. I saw a lot of black basketball players. And then when they brought in the entertainment, they said, we're going to have some entertainment tomorrow, y'all. It was Big Frida, who's like this rapper who's like, I don't know. She's a, it's like, a, I don't know if it's like a, it's a lady with a real big, like deep voice or something. Right. But she, but it's the, that was the only time I saw a black person. So this really speaks to how they view the future of this earth. And, and how they view their role in planning this. They view themselves, and this is why it's important to have Black-owned entities, because, you know, we know we got Black engineers that are damn good. We got Black scientists that are through the roof. We got Black lawyers, doctors, professors, everything. We got really smart Black people. Intelligent Black people are everywhere. Intelligent Black people are everywhere. But they don't get those opportunities to be at open AI, defining the direction of humanity. So this is why this is what you lost when you lost your black owned businesses. This is why every smart black person in this country should be trained to have their own business and to be able to create jobs and opportunities for others because they don't create opportunities for us. They only invite you to the office party where you can twerk and rap or teach a twerking class. There was literally uh, I saw Megan The Stallion on She-Hulk. Uh, which is a Disney show, and she was teaching the She-Hulk how to twerk. I kid you not. That's what they do. They bring you in when they want a basketball player, a rapper, a twerker, or whatever, but they don't bring you in when they want a scientist. They don't bring you in when they need a nuclear engineer. They don't bring you in when they need a computer programmer. 
And, and, and this is the racism. This is what I call liberal racism. This is why, no, I'm not down with whatever you got going on. I don't listen to you. I'm not endorsing you. I'm not getting caught up in your politics. I got I got other issues to deal with. Right. So anyway, that's my two cents. That was my little piece that I just wanted to kind of throw out there for you guys to consider. Um, do I think AI is going to destroy humanity? No, I do not. Um, I, I'm more in the camp of saying, let's just go ahead and get this sucker moving. Let's let's grow it. Let's let's in, you know, let's invest. Let's evolve. Let's do research. Let's try things. Um, I think it could do amazing things for the future. But I do know that it's going to create a, a wealth gap. It's going to create uh, a, a, a skills gap. And uh, and, I, and I want you to make sure that you're on the positive side of that gap because the gap is coming. You can't change the gap. OK. All right. So anyway, guys, that's it. That's all I want to share with you. I just want to talk to you really quick and uh, hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. My new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. Also, we have financial flashcards for children uh, and financial workbooks for kids. So if you want to teach wealth to your kids or give them a gift this Christmas that's going to last for a lifetime, just go to drboycebooks.com. There's some good, good stuff there uh, you can take a look at. There's a whole bundle of books with my autograph you can order for your family. Uh, I hope you'll consider that. And also, we do have our own social media platform at B1 Nation. So if you'd like to join and network with other people in your community who think like yourself, just join us at b1nation.us. That's our version of Facebook. You can do a lot of the things you can do on Facebook. The only thing you can do there that you can't do on Facebook is uh, we actually have a, a, a button you can hit to find all the B1 people that live within 20 miles of your house. So that might help you in, for, in terms of forming investment clubs, getting to know people, networking, things like that. So B1Nation.us, that's the URL. Also, this podcast is on Spotify and Apple, so feel free to join us there. I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful day. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you, and I'll see you soon. Take care. Peace. Peace.